Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. Each week, Canadian running staff writer Maddie Kelly and I bring you a recap from the world of running. We usually start our show off with some fun banter and catchy music, but this week is different. This week, an explosive article about one of our own rocked the athletics community, and we want to start our show today by paying tribute to her. This episode is for Megan Brown. So this is going to be a slightly more challenging version of the rundown than we've had in the past. Listeners of the show will understand that generally this is a really lighthearted, friendly, conversational segment that uh, Maddie and I host every Monday. And we recap the week in terms of results and interesting things that have happened in the running world. And we will continue doing that today. We will get into some great results that happened amongst our awesome Canadian runners but Maddie and I, it's it's difficult because we're actually in different places right now. I'm still in Flagstaff, Arizona for one more week. Maddie is in our studio in Toronto. And we really felt that it was important to start the show this week by addressing something that has come out publicly in a pretty major way in the last few days. And that is the really fantastic Globe and Mail article. I should say fantastic in terms of well-written and thoroughly investigated, um, really, really challenging subject matter around the the years of abuse and manipulation that Megan Brown suffered at the hands of her former coach at the University of Guelph and at Speed River Track Club and with Athletics Canada, Dave Scott Thomas. This has been a really challenging time, I think, for a lot of athletes, both, of course, you know, current and former, well, I guess now all former uh, members of those track clubs and those organizations, um, people who obviously knew Megan, and uh, I think all athletes in general. I think this affects our entire community when something like this happens. It really rocks all of us to our core. So maybe, Maddie, what have your thoughts been the last few days about this whole issue? I just, I think if there is, um, I think there's a couple takeaways. And one is that I think it's, it's so, so important that Megan was able to tell her story And I'm very grateful that she did. And I also just think the second takeaway is that this is unacceptable and this won't be tolerated. And athletes need to know what they can and should expect from a coach. And none of those things were given to Megan by her former coach. And I think that this this is um, a story that everyone in the running community should read, but especially people who do have coaches, no matter no matter the level that you're at. And I think that it's important to read because it can help you recognize if you've wound up in a situation that isn't fair to you. And also encourage encourage people who who have who have seen things or known things, you know, past or present to uh, be honest about it. And no, whether that, whether that's just with themselves or with someone else, um, you know, to, to start having that conversation, because obviously just having the conversation is, is so much more than that. And I think goes a really long way. Very well said. I agree with all of that. Um, I think that the thing that angers me the most about this situation. Well, the thing that angers me the most is that this happened in the first place. But what I think is so hard for us to reconcile as athletes is the fact that every level of protection that was supposed to be afforded to her wound up failing her. 
and 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 others in that organization um, and in that in those programs that he was in charge of. Um, he was given unilateral control and uh, had unchecked power, and that ended up negatively impacting untold numbers of athletes under his care. But again, beyond just the perpetrator, there were so many levels, so many supposed safe holds in place that were supposed to protect against these things, at the very least to acknowledge them and to make them right once they came to light. And those things didn't happen. It is 2020. And this is coming out now. And the fact that this whole situation started over 15 years ago, and it's taken this long in this era for this to happen, um, is really unfathomable. And and I think it's, like I said, it's it's a hard thing for us all to reconcile. It's a hard thing for us all to grapple with, um, particularly, of course, those who are directly affected by it. But as an athlete community, one of the things I've had to really work on over the last few days, because I've felt so much anger and sadness for her, but I've also really had to find ways of channeling that into positive momentum. And I think that the best thing, like you said, Maddie, that all of us can do now moving forward from this is support each other believe each other, be gentle with each other, and demand better from those organizations that are supposed to keep safe sport for us. I know that lots of people have been probably reaching out to Megan, and I I hope that she is really surrounded by a lot of love and support. And uh, everyone else, I think it's also important to acknowledge and thank everyone else who came forward and kind of bravely sharing their realities with this uh, with this whole ordeal. And helping to provide support for uh, for all of those voices who collectively are making really significant change and positive impact in our sporting culture. And I think that, like you said, Maddie, we all can, should, and must demand better. And I, I really hope that that can be how we move forward from this. Take care of each other. One of the things that we do on this show is we build up and celebrate the successes and the hard work and the awesome things that are happening in Canada by our Canadian athletes. And I think that, you know, that actually is a perfect segue because mm-hmm. we're, we are here to celebrate and like I said, stand in support of and solidarity with Megan and anyone else who has had to deal with these sort of atrocities. Um, but we're also here to celebrate all of the amazing things that continue happening in our running community, despite some of these really crappy situations that people find themselves in um, or that occur two people. So we're going to continue doing that. And today we're going to talk about some amazing results, starting with the first half marathon in Vancouver. Caleb DeYoung of Winnipeg set a new course record of 104.18, three seconds faster than the previous course record, which was set by Dylan Wikes your Canadian 2019 10K champion, and also your Ottawa Race Weekend elite coordinator. Ooh, wearing many hats. Yeah, many, many hats. I was I was uh, talking to him about his new position, and I was like, Dylan, you have seen every single side of this running business. Like, you've been an Olympian. You've worked in retail, you know, just slinging shoes. You are an elite athlete coordinator now, so you're, you've seen race production, and you are the co-founder of one of the most successful coaching businesses in Canada. So really, he's, I think, like probably beyond getting into like product development, 
which honestly, maybe when he was sponsored by Mizuno, he was already a part of. Um, I can't think of something he hasn't done yet. I guess work for the media. Yeah, that's. but he's been on the show, so he's been in the media. Yeah, he's got a real breadth of knowledge. Anyway, very, very impressive. Caleb, so are you. But your former your former record holder Dylan Wikes has really, you know, run the gamut of uh, running running position. <laughs> sure has. Well done, Dylan. And we're going to make a quick plug here to our last episode release on strength training for runners, which actually featured Mr. Dylan Wikes talking about his role with Mile to Marathon and all of the amazing coaching that he does and uh, community outreach work. So kudos, Dylan. Go check out that uh, that episode. Congrats, Caleb. Also, congrats, Jeff Archer of Ottawa, who is second to Caleb by only 21 seconds. And these guys went through halfway together. In fact, I think they were together for the majority of the race. It was only in the last few kilometers that Caleb pulled away and and established this lead. But it sounds like Jeff gave him a good run for his money. Everything's better with company. I'm very much looking forward to having your company again next week, Maddie. It'll be fun to be back in the studio to do this show live together. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Can't wait. I'm so excited. In the women's race, Andrea Lee of North Vancouver took the win in 116.13. She was second last year, and she improved upon last year's performance by over two minutes. So Go, Andrea. That's Andrea. Finally, Victoria's Care Nelson came in second in a time of 118.18, just 13 seconds ahead of Sabrina Wilkie. So good job, everyone, at the first half marathon in Vancouver. And some close races. I love seeing that. I love just a good head-to-head race. That's awesome. I also love that there's outdoor racing in Vancouver right now. (laughs) Oh, I know. So I'm up here with a lot of the BC Endurance Project, and we've all been sort of like joking, you know, when we're down in Sedona and it's 19 degrees and we're in our shorts and sports bras, and we're all talking about what the weather's like at home. And I'm like, so it was (laughs) minus 22 the other day. And everyone in Vancouver is like, what is minus? (laughs) (laughs) What is minus? So minus is when you have to plug your diesel car in at night. Otherwise it won't start. That's what minus is. (laughs) And I'm not speaking from experience. It's just, you know. We do. We do love you, West Coast. We rip on you because we're jealous of you. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. We're very jealous of your very temperate climate and, um, and, and lack of snow. Is there snow in Toronto right now, Maddie? Eh, slush. Oh, that's typical Toronto. Oh, I can't wait to come back. (laughs) (laughs) So the Mesa half marathon, which takes place in this great state of Arizona, took place yesterday, actually. Galen Rupp ran a really, really strong half. Um, he ran a 101. He won the race. It was his tune-up for the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials, which are now under three weeks away. And I think that he is—I uh, think he's going to get back to his old form because we hadn't seen a result from him for a while. Um, he didn't finish the Chicago Marathon, but this this cruise in a 101 half three weeks out from a goal race is pretty impressive. Ben Preisner was fourth in 104.16. Which was a great performance. He's been uh, he's been very consistent. I think he's certainly someone to watch. Kevin Coffey is was eighth in one hundred five forty nine. He's been training up here uh, in the thin mountain air of Flagstaff, Arizona. And Trevor Hoffbauer one hundred seven. I think he was probably a little disappointed with that. Probably wanted more on the day, but you know you can't have it go perfectly every every time we step on the line. Oh man, I had a doozy two weeks ago. And you just, you know, you got to, you got to pack it up, put it in a box and uh, move on. (laughs) 
That's but so true, Maddie. Greater words have never been spoken. <laughs> Everyone has a doozy now and again. Yeah. And you know, it's so cheesy, but it's so true. It's what makes the good ones so, that much sweeter. Oh, yeah. No, it totally brings you back down to earth. Like when you're when you're on a real, not even necessarily winning. I don't win much. But when, you know, when things are going in the right direction and then you just have that like one race or workout that is like, oh, you are so human. <laughs> right. It's, right. Uh, it's, it's important. Keeps you, keeps you humble, keeps you hungry. You know who's seemingly inhuman? Who? Gabriella DeBuse freaking Stafford. Oh, well, yeah. She's in, what? She's in a class of her own. She is in a class of her own. So the Milrose Games took place over the weekend, arguably one of the most prestigious indoor meets in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And this women's mile. Bonkers. Bonkers. Maddie, I'm using your word because it applies overtime here. I I don't (laughs) like this. I I, I almost don't have words. Like I am still stunned by these results. So Gabriella, (laughs) poor Gabriella, not poor Gabriella, but... She, this woman, does everything right. She runs the fastest times ever run in many cases. And then the unfortunate thing is there's just people who are also running faster times than have ever been run. I know. But you know what? Like, she's working. I am certain. I'm actually talking to her later this afternoon. I am certain her training load is straight up nuts right now. So, like, for her to be running these kind of times in an indoor season is so exciting. And like, honestly, I think that they bode really well for the outdoor season because it's, I think, I think you want to be running well indoors, but if you're like absolutely knocking it out of the park and like outright PBing, it's hard. It's hard to maintain that level of fitness for the, you know, the coming seven months. That is very true. She's in a fantastic spot. And like, yes, she's coming forth in the mile. For those who don't know, she came fourth in the mile. Still set two Canadian records. Don't worry. She's still running really well. But what I'm saying is for her not to be winning right now, I actually think is fine. And I think will probably bode well for her come July. That's very wise, Maddie. I completely agree. However, she did run a 419 mile just for any 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 U Sports athletes listening, that's not a fifteen hundred. That's a mile. <laughs> and en route to that four nineteen mile, she ran a four minute fifteen hundred meter. Oh no, she's still in phenomenal shape. I don't want uh, what I just said uh, people to you know take that as like she's she's you know not slacking. Um, she's she's probably one of the fittest women in Canada at the moment. You know just at anything. I, what I'm saying is her fourth, it, when you look at those times, you're surprised that she ended up fourth, but I think her right. ending up fourth is actually completely fine. I completely agree with that. This race, for a little more context, the first four women were all from different countries and each set a national record. So the race was won by, I think it was sort of a surprise for a lot of people. Although again, she's been training up here. So I've seen the kind of work she's been laying down. So I knew she was ready for something really great. Elle Purrier. Oh my goodness. 416 in the mile. And I had never really met Elle before, but I did a little warm up with her at the Sedona track the other day. And she is such a sweet woman. She grew up on a dairy farm and she's just got this like really sweet demeanor. And then she went out and dropped this badass 416 mile, unreal, set the American record. Second was 
the German Klosterhofen, who's, I love that name, also in a German mm-hmm. record. Third was Gemma Riki, British record. And then fourth was Gabriella in a Canadian record. So the record books got, uh, got their, got their arses kicked as they say. It is an Olympic year. We will continue to see races like this. Well, I know, but you know, again, like I just think there were a lot of great performances at the Milrose games, but I would say the women's mile took the cake by far. Although we did have a couple other really fantastic Canadian results. Justin Knight won the 3000 meter in 746 and kicked for it. It was, that was an awesome thing to watch. That was, that was so great. It looked, yeah, he looked really good. And Julianne Staley continues her phenomenal 2020 season. Um, Not a personal best, but a second in the 3000 meters. She did like 90% of the work in that race. She led so much of it. And, you know, she was running against a really competitive field. So I I think we're going to see really, really big things from Julianne. And Regan Yee, also in the women's 3000 meter, finished in a personal best of 857.84. I love that. Anytime you can get under nine minutes, it's it's a big deal. That's a huge barrier to break. So well done, Regan. Maya Stevens was fifth in the women's 400 in 55.04, so close to that sub-55 barrier. Also looked great. So congrats to all the Canadians who really showed their uh, their Canadian pride at the Milrose Games. There was another track meet called the Camel City Invite that took place in North Carolina. And one of your... Uh, I don't want to say adversaries. One of your fellow 800 meter standouts raced pretty well there, Maddie. Oh no, Lindsay's too nice to be called an adversary. I'm a big Lindsay Butterworth fan, um, but she is someone I run against, and she has been super consistent this indoor season and had another great performance, running a 203 800 for second at the Camel City Invite. So you know what, Lindsay's killing it this indoor season, but she always kind of does. She's very consistent, so. These are great results, but they're not surprising results, I would say. Right. And and to your point, like 203 is awesome, but we know she's only going to get faster. Like it's there's there's room for 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 good improvement there, too. And I mean that in the most positive sense. I mean, Lindsay's, as you said, very consistent and she's just going to keep ramping it up. So we're going to see big things on the outdoor scene from her this year, too. Finally, on to the world of incredibly awesome, badass craziness that is ultras and trail. Denmark's Christina Madsen won the Antarctica Marathon outright at the World Marathon Challenge. Go badass women. So the World Marathon Challenge sounds, again, absolutely bonkers. It consists of running seven marathons in seven days in seven di- on seven different continents. So the races take place in Antarctica, Cape Town, Perth, Dubai, Madrid, Santiago, and Miami. The, the jet lag just, I, it truly boggles the mind. I cannot imagine how people do this, never mind running on each of those days. I would just ditch the watch. Time is irrelevant <laughs> at that point. Well, and so the other interesting thing is in order to deal with like time change, they would have to do it in the correct order. You know what I mean? Like they'd have to go from... Okay, otherwise they'd miss stuff. Because it would have already happened. Exactly. It would be like two days later instead of one day later. This is so Harry Potter. Like, you know, when Hermione gets the thing so she can go to multiple classes. That is one of the darkest comparisons I've ever heard you <laughs> use on this show. And I absolutely love it. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I'm it a nerd. Is... I'm a nerd. I think people, no. I think people have listened long enough to know I'm a little dorky. 
Yeah. No, I, I, again, it's not said with disrespect. Um, nerds, nerds rule the world, man. I'm, I, I, I'm saying that with, with full appreciation, Christina Madsen, you are amazing. She's a, she's a Danish athlete. She's running across the world, literally, uh, and winning the Antarctica, Antarctica marathon outright in three fifty four twenty. way to go. Congratulations, Christina. Another woman who's doing super impressive things on the trail is Elsa McDonald of St. Albert, Alberta, has won the Tarawera 100-mile ultra in New Zealand and finishing third overall with a time of 18, 10, 29, four hours ahead of the next fastest female. Four hours. Wild. She said after the race that she's very modest woman, and she said after the race that it was a total surprise. So a very, very cool surprise for her. And uh, she's someone to watch through the rest of the spring and summer because she does not disappoint. Also, Tarawera is my new favorite name of a race or anything. Yeah. From St. Albert, Alberta, who won Tarawera is a lot of... I had to say that about three times before I got it right. It's going to be all cleaned up in post, but uh, it's, a, it's a mouthful. You nailed it. Well done, Maddie. Thank you. What do we have coming up? Going to be a lot of Canadians racing in Boston at the Boston Valentine on Friday. So check out those results. Pretty quiet in U Sports this week because the following weekend will be the conference championships. So that is something to look forward to in two weeks time. Awesome. Stay tuned. We will be bringing you all of the coverage. And as always, tune back into our show next Monday when we do this all again. I'm Kate. And I'm Maddie. And we'll talk with you again soon.